0: Welcome to it, episode two of Try Talk SA. I'm Brad Brown. It's uh, good to be with you. Thanks a lot for taking the time to listen to this uh, and downloading it. It's great to have you on board once again. The feedback uh, from the first show was fantastic. You can keep it coming. Uh, if you'd like to be in touch, you can drop me an email. It is podcast at tritalksa.co.za. It is that easy to be in touch. You can also like us on Facebook just go to facebook.com forward slash TritalkSA. Or if you are on Twitter, you can follow us as well. It is at TritalkSA, as simple as that. And also, if you're downloading uh, this podcast on iTunes, It would be amazing if you could uh, pop us a review. Let us know what you think of the show. Give us a thumbs up. It just helps other people find uh, this podcast and makes it uh, easier to search for on iTunes. So coming up on this week's show, I mentioned it last week that I caught up with uh, a South African sports star. Someone who made his name in a different sporting code uh, and is now taking part in triathlon. Namely, Andre Nell, former Proteus cricketer. I chat to him uh, on this week's show. Also catch up with uh, Damien Bradley, the director of Be Active Sports. They organize the Midlands Ultra Triathlon and the Sprint Triathlon as well. Chat to him on today's show. And then Paul Kay, who's currently on the European circuit, uh, following and chasing all the Men around Europe. Uh, chatted to him to find out what's happening on that circuit. And then I was lucky enough to have a quick catch-up with Vian Sulwalt, the ITU Junior World Champion. He raced this past weekend and had a fantastic result, although by his own standards, not very happy with eighth. He did have the third fastest run split on the day as well. So it bodes well for the young South African, but I caught up with him uh, just to find out how the race went and, and what the rest of the season looks like. That's all coming up on this week's show. Also, a chance for you to win. Uh, The guys from the Midlands Ultra Triathlon have been uh, gracious enough to give us two entries. And I'll tell you exactly how you can get your hands on one of those entries to the race uh, in today's show. One thing I love about triathlon is just that uh, how it attracts people from different sporting codes. And, and there's a lot of guys who, who are really good at one sporting codes, uh, played at professional level, and have, have now sort of crossed over and are doing tri post their sort of sporting career just to sort of keep active and keep fit. Uh, and and I quite like it because a lot of the guys that I sort of grew up with uh, sort of watching play in rugby – uh, and now sort of racing against in triathlon. But there's uh, a couple. There's quite a few rugby players that are doing it. And, and there's a cricket player that's in, uh, or a former cricket player, that's now involved in triathlon as well. And uh, he's played 36 test matches for South Africa. He's represented South Africa 79 times in one-day internationals. Andre Nell, welcome to Tri Talk South Africa. Thanks for chatting to us today. Andre, how did you get into triathlon first up? Yeah, it
1: was, well, quite a funny thing. One of the guys that touched me at uh, the school I'm involved with, um, he did a few items and asked after the one in 2012 if I want to do it. So I said, Well, I'll think about it. And about two months later, I said, OK, I'll give it a go. So why not change yourself? So um, he sort of asked me to do it. And I read a and started training with him. And I think that bugs better now bit. you I do quite enjoy it a lot of training. It's hard work. But um, I think that's how I started. He just asked me a new change. And I thought, why not?
0: And your journey's been quite interesting, because, I mean, you, you it's not like you've got a triathlon background. I mean, you're talking from 2012, and you did your first full Ironman at uh, Ironman South Africa in April.
1: Sure, yeah, and, and it's funny because I only did, did one uh, like other race in front of Bale, like almost like a half Ironman. And then I got a few small ones, and then I did the full ones. So, um yeah, I think I just turned hard, and like I said, I just want a new change. So I thought, um, why not go for a big one at Frankfurt?
0: Exactly. Andre, it, it's an interesting one because obviously triathlon's is a, a very sort of, I don't want to say lonely sport, but especially the long ones, it is very solitary. And you come from a team sport background. How different is it from playing cricket at, at like the, the Proteus sort of level in a team that's, that's very competitive to all of a sudden being involved in a sport that's all about you?
1: Yeah, I, I, I think that's one thing I find very difficult. But the training is hard work because you can train with people that. Uh, eventually every time you got to do everything for yourself and to keep you going mentally is your know, hardest change but you can train whatever and your friends are always there to motivate you to keep going with triathlons you've got to train with people but eventually it comes to races you, your man, you push yourself and push your boundaries and I think that's the one thing i find hard but the nice thing is, like I said I, I like changes and I think the biggest thing the more I change myself with the running especially when I struggle with the running and I just get myself motivated most of the time, just pushing myself and pushing my boundaries. I think, luckily, maybe I'm just very competitive and like pushing myself. And one you way, know, made it slightly easier to try and do tire now.
0: Uh, I've never played cricket at a, at a sort of competitive level, but I mean, if I look back over the years, and I think it's gotten a lot better over the years, but if you look back a good few years, probably when you started your career, there were a lot of guys that played sort of top-class cricket that weren't the fittest specimens out there. I, I think of a guy like Pat Simcox, who's famous for having a six-pack and a pack of Gunston after a day's play. <laughs> if you look at the guys that are playing cricket today, how sort of fit and active are they compared to maybe when you started your career?
1: I think that's where kickers change so much the, the physical side is so important now and the guys playing now compared to when I was playing are 10 times more fitter 10 times more stronger and the biggest thing is shows on the field they have less injuries they can't show longer they can score more runs they can bowl consistently and not getting injured and, and that's the biggest thing I think the guys these days train 10 times harder and, and play so much bigger the whole time you can't afford to get injured so you're really fitter and stronger and I think the those guys will really do well with I think that's why Jock Rudolph is going to be a bit too now because he's starting so hard already. But think why not train yourself to do something different and train yourself as an individual instead of just training yourself as a, as a team player all the time?
0: Yeah, I mean, I know a lot of the guys that that have been around. I mean, a guy like Johan Buerta, I know that he cycles quite a bit. Uh, Gary Kirsten, as an example, yeah. I mean, he's he's run two oceans. He's, he's quite a quite a strong runner. Uh, but do, you, do, you, do yeah. you foresee more and more of those guys sort of getting involved in a sport like triathlon?
1: Yeah, I think so. Because the biggest thing is, you used to chatting so much, and all of a sudden you stop playing, you, you don't chat as much, you don't stay fit. And uh, as a sports trainer, I think any person you know, always want to change himself when he changes, and I think... And a lot of guys will actually start doing triathlons because it's it's good fun. It's hard work, but it's actually fun. The amount of people are doing it, and the training is hard. But it's enjoyable because you've got two, two different events. And um, I think the guys will like the changes And I think it is, it is not as intense as triathlons, but I think people are... Uh, of players who are changing themselves and I think there'll be a few more people being involved with
0: triathlons I think Andre you've had a, a pretty interesting year I mean obviously you went from nothing to Ironman in your first year of triathlon uh, sort of goals what going forward what else do you want to achieve in the sports I mean for a lot of people Ironman's the ultimate you've done it now are you going back next year to, to Port Elizabeth
1: yeah I think KC um, for the kids is also good for them again so I think give me a few months to think about it and I'll get back to you after I finish um, I'm definitely doing it again for them. And I remember doing a few 51, 56, sometimes. There's one in the Bella I want And There's one in November I think somewhere also I would like to do. But then I'm also going to focus on like the bicycle riding like I'm doing 4.7 and doing a few mountain bike races and just sort of trying to stay busy. And the swimming, I quite enjoy. The cycling, I enjoy running so I'll watch me. So I'll try and do a few races just to keep taking over, but I think, um, I'm thinking of doing half Ironman also this year, or next year, so that's all about it, but I think I'm definitely doing Ironman in a few 51, 50 at the moment. Brilliant.
0: And then, Andre, as far as cricket goes, are you still involved in the game, uh, sort of behind the scenes coaching and that sort of thing?
1: Yeah, and I uh, I've got a few academies where I coach, and um, I'm very fortunate to um, go back to my province where I started. 19 years ago uh, I haven't had a chance play. I'm starting to coach them from the 1st of July and then I'm mostly staying on as a bowling coach So um, I'm really excited looking forward to that. It's a new challenge in life so yeah I'm looking forward to that but I'm hopefully enough time to change the team by doing all this coaching i also I have enough time to change the team also
0: that's probably the, the hardest thing with, with tri. I mean, it's not just training for one sport, especially when you get to a distance like Ironman. You've got to put in a lot of work on all three disciplines. Andre, all the best. It's it's awesome to see you out on the road. I'm, I saw you at Prestige this year. I saw you at Ironman as well. Uh, and it's just so awesome to see guys from other sporting codes embracing a sport like triathlon. And And all the best for your your sort of cricket endeavors back at Easton's. We'll be, be rooting for you guys and, and hope that it all goes well.
1: Thank you very much, Darren. Thanks for the support.
0: We've got some amazing races uh, on our calendar with regards to to triathlon and and one of them that's coming up in, in a few months from now uh, happens down in KwaZulu-Natal. There's not too many races down in KwaZulu-Natal. There have been uh, a couple more that have uh, launched recently, but one that's been around for a couple of years now uh, and he has been going strong and, and I've never done it and, and looking forward to actually going down and doing one soon. But uh, the reports that I've been getting, it's, it's just that it's an amazing race and, and really chuffed to have uh, Director of b Active Sports, Damien Bradley, on the show this week and Be Active Sports actually organized the Midlands Ultra Triathlon. Damon, thanks for chatting to us today. Tell us a little bit about the race. This is, I mean, how many years has, has it been running now?
2: Morning, Brad. Um, Yeah, look, we're in our, our fifth season of the, of the Midlands Ultra Triathlon. Um, we actually started it down in Durban, um, believe it or not, and then changed the name and moved it to, to the home of Midland. And, uh, from then, it's grown phenomenally in, uh, in the last five years. Um, we changed the... The, the format of the event into a series last year where we, we staged two events instead of just the one. And there uh, fantastic feedback from the athletes in South Africa. and uh, getting a couple of international guys coming through and hoping to
0: go, and it is a it is a beautiful venue. I mean that, that sort of part of the country is just stunning. The water that's one thing I can say. I mean I swim most of my stuff that I do up is in Joburg, and there's not many really clean bodies of water up here. So uh, that Midmar Dam is just phenomenal to be able to swim in. Tell us a little bit about the course. How tough is it? What what can people expect if they go down and do it?
2: Thanks, but yeah, the the swim is fantastic, as most people know, and if you've done a Midmar Mile, it's absolutely stunning. Uh, Midmar Dam. Um, the the swimmer, you know, it's a one point nine k swim for ultra race and a six hundred metre swim for the for the shorter sprint guys. And uh then they get onto the bike. It's a you know, it looks like a relatively easy bike course, but it's very undulating. Um and, and it's definitely testing. Now it's a, you've got a bit of a reprieve on the way back towards the out an and back loop and it's, you, you do three laps for the ultra. Um you've got a bit of a reprieve on the way back to mid down, but it is a slight uh, slog to get out, slight incline. But you know, nothing you have to get out the saddle for, and um, you know the run course is fantastic. It's, it's, it's also a little bit undulating. It's all inside the Myanmar dam, it takes you around the dam, which is absolutely beautiful. You're literally, you're not more than about 150 metres from the from the edge of the water the whole time. And uh, the guys really enjoy it. Um, quite a quite a safe route, um, especially with the run route being inside the dam, and uh, and the bike course we got partial road closure. And uh, we're hoping to eventually persuade the the local government and and the municipality to close the roads. But, uh, yeah, I think it's going to take some time, and uh, I'm sure we'll get there.
0: You mentioned that it was a a series. When is the the next one coming up?
2: Um, Next one is on the 30th of November, 1st of December. i say it's on the Saturday and Sunday because we've got um, the kiddies, Flash and Dash, um, on the Saturday. And that's from five years to 15. Um, And then on the Sunday, we've got the Sprint and the Ultra. Splash and dash is literally, as the name suggests, it's a swim and a run. Uh, So we take out the back element. And uh, we're hoping to grow that into, into quite a big event, and that's going to be supporting our sprint races, and hopefully the guys building up to the ultra in a couple of years as they get bit older.
0: And Damien, tell me, I mean, it's, it's not in a, in a major sort of metropolitan area, Midmar, it's, it's, it's a great sort of weekend getaway place, isn't it? I mean, with regards to accommodation, is, is there lots
2: available? But yeah, there's, there's plenty of accommodation. You know, the Midlands, neander has been going for for many years, and it's uh, absolutely beautiful area. Lots and lots of b and um a couple of hotels that are very close, close by to uh, to Midmont Dam. And, um, you know, the, the, there's something for it for the whole family. You know, you come for, for the weekend. And, uh, you know, the, if, if uh, the wives and the kids come along, then they've got something to do. They can go along the Midland, Canada, um, while the husband's racing, or on the Saturday they can do that and then uh, watch watch the husband or wife racing on the Thunder. Yeah,
0: it sounds brilliant. And then, Damien, with regards to numbers, I mean, obviously some of the races are, are getting really jam packed around the country at the moment. Capacity wise, sort of, what, what can you guys handle?
2: Um, but until we get full road closure, we've. we've our number of thousand competitors on the road um, on the Sunday. Um, you know, once we've got road closure, we're quite happy to to look at extending that. Um, but until that, we, we've settled numbers of a thousand. We haven't reached that yet, unfortunately. But uh, you know, we grew the we started the event with, with about 180 people five years ago, and we've grown it to we're looking at about 750 competitors um, for each event uh, you know, this year. So, uh, yeah, we, we, we want to keep it safe. So, we, as I say, we'll keep it um, at a 1,000 until we get complete drive charge and then look at it from there.
0: And uh, with regards to, to sort of entries, are they open for, for the next race?
2: Yes, we, we have actually open entries uh, quite early. we open in six months in advance. And what we're actually doing is uh, all the ultra athletes to enter before the end of July are going to get a, a special race uh, goodie bag. Uh, just something extra on top of their, their ultra goodie bags. Um, And just to get the guys to try and enter early, hear the news and and try and get the entries in, you know, one of the biggest problems with with these events is the late entries and uh, we've, we've done away with late entries now. So we're just trying to get the guys into early and we can prepare, better prepare for the events uh, with, with the numbers that, we, that we're getting in.
0: Yeah, that's exactly, a lot of guys don't actually realise that, I mean, allowing late entries actually detracts from the, the sort of organisation of the race because it's exactly that. Uh, if you know exactly how many people are coming, you know exactly how many to cater for. And, and a lot of times when they are last minute additions, it just makes life difficult for a race organiser, doesn't it?
2: It does, you know, and it's uh you know, coupled with uh one or two other problems you, you could have a drop on your hands if you like sitting your late entry. So we yeah, we're quite confident with, with our um entry process and we yeah, as I say, we'll we'll stick to it. Um purely just to keep the the athlete safe out there.
0: Damon, you've been, been quite gracious enough to, to give us two entries to give away here on Run Talk SA as well. What I'll do is I'll ask a question later on in this episode. We'll run it over a good few weeks as well, so give you lots of time to enter, and, and we'll ask a question each week on the show, so you can enter multiple times as well. If you answer the question, just get to runtalksa.co.za, submit the entry, and we'll do the draw, and, and you could be winning an entry to that race. Damon, it sounds amazing. Uh, I've sort of nailed my, my colors to the mast, and I said I'm going to come down and, and do the one uh, this year, so hopefully... Hopefully we'll see you there. if All goes according to plan, training-wise. But I, I really do look forward to it. I love that part of the country and, and, and what I've heard about the race. It sounds amazing.
2: Thanks, Ben. And we look forward to, to having you down. I know we've been chatting over uh, uh, about a year or two now, so it'd be great. And yeah, look, at you know the, being in Midlands is close by to dogs uh, very close, obviously to Devon. I mean, and we're getting quite a few cases on guys that. So wherever you are in the country, we, we encourage you to come to and have have a great uh, a great event.
0: Well, you'll recognize his voice instantly if you've ever done uh, an Ironman 70.3 or or an Ironman South Africa. He's probably the voice of Ironman and not just in South Africa, but uh, fast becoming the voice of Ironman International as well. Uh, he's jet-setting across Europe as we speak. And uh, Paul Kay, currently in Munich, Germany. Uh, you've had a bit of a crazy couple of weeks, haven't you? Thanks for joining us uh, on TriTalk SA this week. Tell me a little bit about your, your sort of past week schedule.
3: Thank you, Brad. Firstly, congratulations on the initiative to start Tri Talk. I think it's fantastic. You know, this little niche sport of ours, Triathlon, which was basically started in the uh, mid to late 70s, people running around in Speedos in a jersey, um, really has, has blossomed and is a global phenomena as witnessed by the dominance of the Brownlee boys and what's happening in the UK, you know Chrissy Wellington and, and the Aussies like Craig Alexander, uh, Pete Jacobs and Chris McCormack. But it's just, it's going mad and it's unbelievable to see the growth of Triathlon globally to witness it firsthand. And, and obviously back in South Africa, Uh, What is disappointing back home, just quickly before I talk about my schedule, is the fact that we no longer have a national tri-sprint series. Very, very disappointing. Obviously, that's due to sponsorship, and I've just seen on Twitter now uh, the Durban series is struggling with sponsorship. But that said, the desire and the demand is still there, and triathlon will continue to grow. But yeah, my schedule, Brad a little bit mad. I mean, I've been in Europe since the end of April, left shortly after Ironman South Africa to join the Ironman Europe Tour, which is a lot of events from afar afield as Spain to up north in Scandinavia, Norway and Sweden, and a whole bunch of stuff happening in central continental Europe. I started in Mallorca in the middle of Spain and up north in Alcudia, fantastic island, brilliant for triathletes, for bike riding. Um, that was an amazing race with 3,000 triathletes and 100 pros racing there. Quite a few South Africans went over to race. Um, it was, was good speaking Afrikaans here and Uh And then from Mallorca, we went to Sankopotten in Austria. Also a massive race of almost 3,000 athletes. Again, well-supported by the South Africans. Tracy Markham did extremely well in her age group there. I reckon you watch that young lady from Cape Town. Potentially, she'll be turning pro soon. Uh, from St. Bolton, where the swim was cancelled because the ambient temperature outside was about 3 degrees Celsius wow. with howling winds. We couldn't swim. We had to cancel the swim. The week after that, shot through via uh, Kitzbühel in Austria to do my laundry to uh, Rapperswil-Jona. <laughs> on Lake Zurich in Switzerland, where again the swim was cancelled because the lake was only 10 degrees Celsius. And after having started the race, the race was stopped due to a landslide on the bike course, which just missed the lead bike group. The lead bike group went past and 50 meters later, having passed 50 meters only, the earth just slid across this road, huge boulders and trees. Uh, We were blessed to not have lost anybody there. Um, and in that race, we had two South Africans racing in the pro field, Stuart Marais and Diane McEwen. Stu was third after the first run because it became a duathlon and looking really good. Di was second onto the road after the first run. And both of them would have done extremely well had the race continued. You know, South Africans have what we call fuss bait. They are so tenacious, never give up and will race in any condition. And then from uh, Rapaz Viljona, we went across to the 5150 series in Klagenfurt, which was also an amazing race. That was the only sunshine I've seen other than briefly in Mallorca. And from the 5150 Klagenfurt, it was off to the Ironman 70.3 UK in Devon at Wimberball Lake, um, which was a fantastic event where South Africa was the third biggest nation represented at the race.
0: That's fantastic.
3: Amazingly enough the third biggest nation obviously the UK is massive and with so many South Africans living in the UK um, You know, it was very very well supported by the South African athletes (laughs) Funny enough a funny story. I want to share with you Commentating uh, at the exit to transition in Mallorca the season's opener Standing there and busy reading the names of the athletes as they come past and on the race number is the British flag (laughs) but the name is fundamental. I couldn't believe it, <laughs> so I started shouting at the guy in and he just waved back, um, you know clearly he put down where he lives as his nation as opposed to his, his country of origin and we get a lot of that, so South Africans are everywhere and, and, and the amount of South Africans at the races I've been to just keeps on growing and growing. And then from the Ironman 70.3 UK I made my way to be part of the London Paris bike race which was celebrating its 10th edition. Um, Also, uh, the Brits were in the majority there, but Australia was the second biggest nation and and South Africa, the third biggest nation represented in that epic ride from London uh, past the Eiffel Tower, the finish under the Eiffel Tower in Paris. Um, And that was this weekend past. And right now I'm sitting in Munich just having done the voiceover for the global Ironman TV program uh, where we featured the Ironman Nice And that will be on TV this weekend. And as soon as I'm done chatting to you, I jump in the car and drive four hours uh, from Munich, Germany, uh, down into the bottom of Austria to the Wörtersee, where the 15th edition of Ironman Austria is being celebrated this weekend. And that will be featuring Andy Raylett, the fastest Ironman in the world, uh, doing the race for the first time. And it will be watched by Ironman world champion Pete Jacobs, who's coming down to enjoy the race. So in a nutshell... I've just condensed my last two months of grey skies, lots of rain, snow, a huge amount of wind, and average temperatures of probably 10 degrees Celsius. Yeah, that's been life over the last 10 months. It sounds
0: sounds like a beautiful European summer, Paul.
3: (laughs) Well, you know, uh, the the weather is, is a little bit daft at the moment. And as you know, our sport is an outdoor sport, and it's definitely playing havoc with the sport a little bit. Um, You know, on the weekends, the the two weekends of of, uh, Saint-Polten in Austria and Rapperswil in Switzerland, at the same time, it was the ITU long distance champs that also, that was in Belfort in France, that also became uh, a run bike run. Uh, One of the exterior events recently that uh, Dan Hugo, South African Dan Hugo won in the States, uh, there also the swim was cancelled. So Mother Nature seems to be the winner at the moment.
0: Yeah, it sounds, sounds hectic. Paul, tell me, I mean, you, you do tons of races on that European circuit. Uh, we obviously don't have that many races here, and, and, and you, were, you were saying just now just how, how difficult it is for racers who are battling for sponsorship. But on an organizational level, just from an Ironman perspective, how would you compare uh, the Ironman South Africa sort of events, the 51, fifty one fifty seventy point three, 70.3, and, and Nelson Mandela Bay, uh, to, to the events that you're
3: involved in over there in Europe? Well, um, in summary... Helga Lawrence, who's the boss of Ironman Austria, uh, and was one of the owners of Triangle, who teamed up with Paul Wilf and Keith Bowler to start Ironman South Africa. They, had, they owned Ironman France, Ironman 70.3 Monaco, Monaco, the 70.3 in Austria, the Ironman in Austria. Um, they were one of the most successful Ironman franchises in the world before the WTC bought all the licenses back. Um, post the very tragic incident at Ironman 70.3 Buffalo City in January in East London, where we lost two of the Ironman family in the swim. Um, he turned around to me, Helga Lawrence, and said that Paul Wolf is the best Ironman race director in the world, um, which is a massive compliment coming from somebody like Helge Lawrence. But I can tell you from firsthand experience, both participating in events locally, I've, I've raced two Ironman Austrias. I've raced two 150s out here and having raced at home and having announced at so many events from Volvo Ocean Race to Cape Argus Pick and Bay Cycle Tour to the Eps Cape Epic to our Ironmans there and here. Um, South Africa, in terms of event organization, in terms of the miracles that happen behind the scenes, in terms of the attention to detail uh, and, and athlete experience, I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt, we are, as a nation, amazing, amazing event organizers. I mean, if you take, let's just look at a, the bigger picture, Midmar Mile is the biggest open water swim in the world, uh, Doozy Canoe Marathon, uh, the Comrades Marathon, the Two Oceans Half and Ultra, um, the Cape Argus Ping Pay Cycle Tour, AbsaKate Um, You know, the Specsavers Ironman 70.3 South Africa very quickly in the first three years became the biggest, by participation, the biggest 70.3 in the world. Uh, and that says so much for the passion of the people who are involved, for their professionalism, and for the can-do attitude. And the thing that I've noticed about South Africa that stands out, and, and you need to travel to be reminded of this, is in the rest of the world, when there's a problem, they throw money at it. In South Africa, when there's a problem, we throw ingenuity creativity and a lot of sweat at the problem. And we fix problems through sheer hard work and determination and that fuss bait comes through in everything we do. And and I'm very, very proudly South African and I become more and more proud um, every day I'm out of the country.
0: Yeah, I love that, Paul. I'm sitting here with goosebumps just hearing you talk about the, the sort of events that we, we do have and we do. We've got some of the, the most amazing events, but it, I think it does say a lot uh, about South Africa as a nation and its people as well. And speaking of its people, uh, there's still a lot, lot more races on the European circuits. Uh, are there any sort of up and coming, you mentioned Claire Markham, are there any others that, that we should look out for in the results and, and maybe track online that, that do have a shot at, at maybe podiuming at, at uh, a race in the, in the very near future?
3: Well, let's not forget about James Cunema's second place at Ironman Texas with uh, a very tenacious fight he did there to take that second place. Um, yeah, I mentioned Tracy Markham at the Ironman 70.3 St. Capotin with her superb podium in her age group there. I think she finished second at memory serves. Um, you know, I mentioned Stu Murray and Di McEwen in uh, racing the Rappersville Yorna race, and I wish that it raced to its full conclusion because I have no doubt that Dye McEwen would have podium, and I reckon Stu even though a very very deep field there he would have been top five but of course racing on the circuit locally we had our pseudo South African Lucy Zelenkova she erased the Ironman Nice this past weekend and uh, she'll also be racing in Frankfurt so you know you also got to watch out for you got to watch out for Jody Swallow who's almost south african i suppose we can claim her in a way because she lives back home um you know she's such a competitor and of course james kanema who's just becoming more and more dangerous and more and more respected on the circuit especially in the u.s the guys are properly scared of him over there he's a supreme talent but i also want to mention a a quote that i got from Reinhard Tissink, where he mentioned that if you want a podium in an iron man event as a pro you go to the united states there are a lot of races there And the pros are spread thin across the races there. Uh, So the odds are greater. Whereas here in Europe, wow, the pro lists, the depth and the talent and and the level of racing in Europe is extremely good. It's very, very hard. It's massively competitive. Uh, Do yourself a favor, go online and look at who's lining up to race the Ironman European Championships in Frankfurt uh, next weekend. And it is incredible. It looks like the start list for the Ironman World Champs Hawaii. It is properly, properly competitive. You're going to have Pete Jacobs versus Marino von Huneke lining up in Frankfurt next weekend. So, yeah, the South Africans, we are getting there. We need a bigger platform. Uh, South Africa is a little bit far away from the rest of the world. And as you know, if events are struggling with sponsorship back home, well, the pro athletes are struggling even more. And uh, yeah, we're going to get there as we grow the sport back home, as we grow the events. You know, we've now got two 5150s got the 5150 Africa champs on the 3rd of November in uh, Germiston. Our 5150 uh, in Bella Bella continues to grow. Um, you know, the 70.3 is massive and potentially in the near future, a second official Ironman 70.3. I know there's Tri-Rock Durban coming soon. Um, and of course, Ironman South Africa next year will be its 10th edition There's some very good news on the way, potentially, from uh, Keith and Paul from Ironman South Africa. And I reckon the race next year will see more than 2,200 competitors. The sport is healthy. The sport is growing. um, And South Africans are the perfect breed to succeed on the Ironman global circuit.
0: Yeah, I think you you spot on, Paul, and I, and and also just our climate. I mean, you mentioned how tough it is in Europe, and that's their summer. We just so blessed, yeah. I mean, yeah, the Western Cape battles in winter, but the rest of the country it's it's so conducive to being outdoors and 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 just getting out there and swimming, running, and, and getting on the bikes. So we are we truly truly blessed. We've got some great events, and not just on the triathlon scene, in in all the sort of disciplines. So yeah, we are very very lucky. And Paul, it's been awesome catching up. I know you've got lots you need to do. You need to hop in the car and get driving. Uh, it's been brilliant. To- catch up and, and sort of hear what's happening on the European circuit. I'd love to catch up with you again uh, in the coming weeks, maybe maybe in a month or two from now, just to, to see what else has happened and, and, and maybe we can hear of, of some other South Africans who are doing really, really well on that, that circuit.
3: Indeed, thank you, Brad, and you know, from strength to strength, onwards and upwards with, with Tri Talk SA. I really wish you well with this and happy to chat to you once a month and even sooner. I mean, if I've got good news, no, let's catch up again. Paul,
0: thank you so much. I'll pop your, your details on, on our website as well, your, your Twitter handle. So if anybody wants to follow what's happening in Europe, they can get it from the horse's mouth, so to speak.
3: Thank you very much, Brad. Have a good one.
0: I mentioned it and I keep mentioning it that we've got some amazing athletes uh, that are coming out of South Africa and there's uh, some good youngsters that are, are are really promising great results on, on the world circuit and, and really chuffed to have one on this week's show. Uh, Vian Sulfat, welcome uh, onto Tri Talk SA. Uh, it's awesome to be able to catch up with you, especially after the weekend you've just had. You raced uh, an ITU sprint try. Tell us a little bit about the race. Where was it?
4: Hi oh, there. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me. It was a, a pretty tough race. I uh, I wasn't fully satisfied. I finished eight, but I feel it could have gone better. I um I had a really bad swim, which caused for me to, to miss the front pack. Coming in, into the run, I, I just accepted the cause I was dealt, and um, I, I ran as so hard as I could, and uh, I came from the back and made up some positions I feel it could have gone better because I had the third fastest run, which is very frustrating. Yeah, Vian, I
0: mean, you, you're saying you, you missed that lead pack in the swim, and, and it is, it's, it's just a, it's a matter of seconds. I mean, I was looking at those split times uh, yesterday uh, after the race, and it is, it's literally just seconds that you missed that pack by. And and I mean, you're beating yourself up, but third fastest run on the day is pretty pretty decent result. It's just
4: very frustrating. For me, because uh, I normally don't miss the front pack, I consider myself a pretty strong swimmer, so I just feel like um, I might have lost concentration somewhere. But, I mean, it is a lesson learned, and it's just the way the game goes. But, yeah, looking back, there's some, a lot of good stuff to, to, to point out. So. All
0: right, and then, Vian, you, I mean, you had a, a very good season last year. I mean, you were the, the ITU Junior World Champion. Uh, that sort of form, how difficult is it to carry it through into, into the next sort of season?
4: Yeah, I had a really good year last year, and I and I had very good form. But uh, I think my form that I currently have is is way better than I had last year. I mean, the first year racing elite and under 23, it it's a very very hard year. It's very tough making the jump from junior to elite, um, which it's it's very tough mentally and physically. So although the results aren't. There isn't always a first or second place results, although there is a few of them this year. Um, it's, it's still just all in the learning process and the process of making the jump from junior to elite.
0: Uh, you're talking of, of sort of racing the circuit. Where is your, your next race?
4: My next race will be Palamos, in Spain, which will be the last race of my uh Uh, first part of the European season. After Palamos, I will head back home for a few weeks where I'll be prepping for Tisivarius R2 World Cup.
0: Okay, and then, Vian, tell me, I mean, you you work closely with Lindsay Parry. Someone else who works very close to them is is Richard Murray. Richard's uh, done some phenomenal things on on the world circuit as well. How are, are you guys in contact? Do you get to learn from a guy like Richard Murray?
4: I still like to learn in my own ways and and bump my head, rather bump my head one or two times and learn from that than taking someone else's ways. And I feel that Lindsay Ola is the best guy I can have, so me and him usually uh, find our own ways and um, figure out what works best for me rather than following uh, someone someone else's ways.
0: Okay, that's that's interesting to to hear. And then, beyond long term sort of sort of goals, I'm um, I'm guessing Olympic Games is probably where you want to perform. I mean, that as as a triathlete, it's probably uh, comes around once every four years, so it's it's probably the ultimate goal. Are, are you are you looking at the next one in 2016 in in Rio, or or would 2020 be be more your sort of sort of goal?
4: Yeah, uh, Rio 2016 is is the is the main goal for for the next four years. Not only to qualify and be there as as an athlete, but to to be racing there as a serious contender.
0: Yeah, that that's that's superb, Vian. How I mean, you've been doing the sport for a few years. When did when did you realize you actually had some ability?
4: Um, I've always been a very active child from a young age, and um, I've always liked to try something new. I started triathlon when I was about 13 years old, but I started taking it very seriously Um, at the end of the year 2009 when I when I qualified for the Youth Olympic Games. Youth Olympic Games was in 2010. In the beginning of 2010, I made the move to the High Performance Center to work under the guidance of Lindsay Perry and Rocco Marin. and. Since then, I uh, I just discovered that I have some potential, and every year since, I've just been improving, and each year hitting better and better form, which is a good indication for me that uh, that I have got what it takes to to come out on top. Obviously,
0: I mean, triathlon struggling at the moment with regards to, especially here with regards to sponsorship and that sort of thing, and that was one of the reasons why I wanted to to start this thing was just to to give athletes a bit of a uh, a, a way to to or a platform. To, to to talk about what they're doing, and, and that obviously then benefits the sponsors and all of that sort of thing as well. So, uh, yeah, Vian I'd love to keep in touch and, and see how things are going and, and 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 just follow you around the circuit if that's cool.
4: Yeah, that'd be great. I mean, that's exactly what you need. I mean, you can't make a living out of the sport without any good sponsorships, which I might add. I have very good product support, uh, um, um, which I'm very grateful for, and I'm very grateful for the... Um, financial support I received from SASCOC um, on the OPEX program and Triathlons of Africa just announced their high performance program which is really great and making it possible for us to, to race internationally and to, uh, to follow our dreams and to get where we need to
0: Vian, it sounds amazing. I mean, I'm loving. I'm just loving that there's so many, so many good youngsters coming through. I mean, we've uh, I'm, I, I do longer sort of distances, and we've always had one or two really good sort of half Ironman, Ironman distance athletes. But it's awesome to see uh, a couple of youngsters coming through on the ITU circuit who are are, are serious medal contenders uh, coming up at, at the next Olympics. I just want to wish you all the best. I'd love to catch up with you uh, before your next race, maybe just after your next race, to see how it went. But, yeah, all the best with your training, and and, and, uh, and, and I hope it goes really well. I'm, I'm hoping sort of the results come your way that you want them to. I just love that you – I mean, finishing eighth, most people would be happy with that, but you just hate the fact that you finished eighth and you want to win these things, and I think that's probably what it takes to, to succeed at the, at the top level in triathlon.
4: Yeah, thanks a lot, Brad, for for having me and for the nice chat, and, yeah, we'll definitely do it again.
0: Well, that's episode two of Try Talk Essay, done and dusted. Before we do go, though... Uh, It is time for the question for you to win one of those entries to the Midlands Ultra Triathlon. You can win either one to the Ultra or to the Sprint. Uh, And how it's going to work, it will run over the next eight weeks. I'll ask eight questions, one every single week, and you can answer each one of them. If you answer all eight, you'll have eight spots in the draw for one of those entries. Uh, All you have to do is get over to tritalksa.co.za. You'll see on the sidebar there is a logo for the Midlands Ultra Triathlon. Click on that, uh, give us your details, give us the answer to the question, and your name will go into the draw. It is that simple. The question that I want to ask this week, where did Vian Sulvalt finish in this weekend's ITU Sprint Triathlon? Uh, Drop us uh, an entry, and who knows, you could be winning uh, a spot at the Midlands Ultra Triathlon come the end of November, beginning of December. From myself, Brad Brown. It's been amazing. Thanks to all our guests for giving up their time and chatting today. Looking ahead to next week's show, I chat to a physio, Richard Fair, to find out exactly what the most common injuries are. And you'll be surprised. I'm very, very surprised by the answer to this. Uh, What the most common injury is that he treats in his practice when it comes to triathletes. That's coming up on next week's episode of Tritalk SA. Don't forget if you'd like to be in touch, it is podcast at trytalksa.co.za. You can follow us on Twitter at TritalkSA or like us on Facebook. It is facebook.com forward slash tritalkSA. Look forward to hearing from you. Keep the feedback coming and we'll chat soon. Cheers.